It's time for the show that scours the globe for news that interests you. We've scoured a few other planets, too. Didn't find much. Coming to you almost live from their command center just beneath the Earth's crust, here's Jeremy Bray and Wesley Faulkner with Global Geek News. Welcome to the Global Geek News Podcast, the show that tries to answer the question, just what the heck is going on in the media, entertainment, and technology worlds. I am your host, Jeremy Bray, better known as PC Nerd 37 and on the other end of Skype is my co-host, Wesley Faulkner. Happy birthday, Wesley! Hey, happy birthday! <laughs> yeah, for those that haven't been paying attention, this is the fourth birthday of the Global Geek News Podcast as of today, August 30th. Yeah, four years, four years, four long, long years. Yeah, and it only took us four years to get to episode 79. <laughs> kind of sad. But hey, we, we uh, as long as I've been with you, we've been cranking them out pretty pretty you know, regularly you know, with small bumps here and there. Yeah, it was always my, it was usually always my fault for not having gotten episodes out <laughs> regularly until you came along. But yeah, ever since you've been here, it's been every week that we could possibly do it, we do do it, even if it is late or something. Yeah. Which, that wouldn't be last week, because I was sick last week. But otherwise, usually there's four episodes in a month, most of the time. Something like that. But, so how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. Except I'm seeing that our Skype is diminished a little bit. But uh, hopefully I'm coming in still clear. Uh, things are well. Um, it's Monday. It's an anniversary day. Uh, it's a birthday. Um, so th- things generally are moving along, which is good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, uh, Skype's gone down to two bars now, now up to three. Apparently it's saying that my internet is slow. I don't know why. I'm just, I'll just blame Comcast. Comcast, you suck. <laughs> but yeah, I call be. it sabotage. Could be. I, I don't know. It, seems like just about every week we have some kind of an issue with Skype. I don't seem to have Skype issues with anybody else, just with you. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Don't know why, but it, that just seems to be the case. Maybe we should or, move to Gizmo or something. I don't know. I'm, I'm starting to wonder if Comcast hates the show or something. Yeah, probably. Because we bash them every show, because they suck. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, hey Comcast, if you quit screwing things up, I won't have to say how much you suck. Anyway, speaking of sucking, we have lots of stories about companies that suck tonight, and we might as well go ahead and jump right in with a company that doesn't suck, which, of course, you can find all of the show notes and everything at globalgeeknews.com. But the first story is about a company called Coding Robotics, and apparently they're a big fan of what the Pirate Bay does because they sent them a notice of ridiculous activity. Yeah, this is pretty awesome, and also um, it gives them a little bit of a, you know, some geek cred and some, some, some love from the fellow Tornas out there by, um, by actually dissing 
a bad hack of their software. So the backstory is that um, so Coding Robotics is the name of the company. Um, the founder, uh, Dimitri, uh, I'm not going to try to pronounce the last name. <laughs> um, uh, they make a, a software called Memoirs for uh, OS X. They sell it for about thirty bucks, and um, so the found so the coder, the company, found the software on Torrent Freak. No, no, sorry, on Pirate, Pirate Bay, <laughs> and um, they downloaded it, looked at the code to try to investigate how it got hacked, and they were extremely pissed off about how unelegant the crack was. Yeah, I, I was kind of surprised by this. Apparently, with the crack, I guess all that was really required to crack the software is basically turning something from true to false about whether, or false to true or whatever, about whether or not the software had been legally purchased. Well, instead of just flipping that one little switch to say that it, yeah, it was legally purchased and the program would run, run okay, they went and did all kinds of crazy stuff. And then they even put a Windows program in there to verify the validity of the release. This, of course, being Mac software. And yeah, I, and it also had to download some other suites of applications. And um, so the, the, the company put out a challenge that said, hey, leave this up there to, sh to show how crappy this hacker is. And please, someone, please find a better solution to cracking this program. Yeah, I think that's kind of funny. That it's like, okay, if you're gonna, we want you to. They specifically asked the Pirate Bay themselves to crack the program, so that there's at least, so that way, if they're going to have the a copy of the software up there, it's not going to be something that's going to degrade the user experience and make it look like this coding robotics makes crappy software. Which, yeah, which is awesome. <laughs> well, the thing is, this couldn't be a more genius move. I mean, not only is this hilarious, but look at all the free press that they've gotten all over the blogosphere for this software that, until now, I had never heard of. Yeah, just, and... Uh, just because uh, of it, one letter. It makes me want to find out more about it. Be, to say, oh, I, if this is so... If it looks so bad and eloquent, I mean... Uh, if they if they're touting the elegance of the program and how the hack kind of degrades that, then it makes it seem like that's something they high in high regard. So it makes me want to say, oh, I'm gonna need to find some screenshots and see what this thing looks like. Yeah, I haven't actually gone out and seen what it looks like, but apparently it's like a digital journal software for the Mac. Probably not something I would pay thirty bucks for myself. But then again, if I ever wanted to do something like that, I would probably just use. WordPress and put it up online or at least use a notepad or something like that, something free. Yeah, well, it's Could a good story. It, it's a good attitude from a company. So I think if the application is something that's unattractive, at least the company wins some goodwill. Yeah, I'm kind of curious to see if there's any other companies that try a move like this, at least just to get the free publicity because just because this seems to have worked out so well for this company. And I'm kind of curious to know how many people have actually gone and downloaded the software just because now they've heard of it after this story. Oh. Well, I don't own a Mac, so not me. 
I don't own one, at least not yet. I, I've been thinking about getting one, haven't taken the plunge yet. But almost kind of makes me want to buy the software just to support this guy in the, after doing something like this. Yeah, I wouldn't want to go that far. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of companies and support, and one that doesn't deserve your support or anybody's support is Blockbuster, and they're about to die because of it, and because bankruptcy is coming next month. Yes, just a little clarification. Um, so it's a possibly it's a planned bankruptcy. So I think uh, Blockbuster has been trying to negotiate with their distributors to make sure they won't get cut off, but they want to use the bankruptcy to restructure debt and to close some stores that aren't making money. So it's not them dying, um, but it is a, a sign that things have gotten dramatically worse um, and that they're trying to uh, use this as a last gasp and hopefully hopefully, if they change their uh, management, they would have a chance. But if they're just trying to do uh, the same ideas... Uh, just slower and worse, then of course they're going to die. Yeah, I still maintain that as of the end of next year, Blockbuster will be nothing but a memory. Yeah. I was just thinking about this today. Something that could save them is, um, uh, actually I was thinking about when I was younger. When I was younger, uh, VCRs were still, I wouldn't say rare, but not not every household had them. So you'd go to Blockbuster... You would rent a tape, and you can rent a machine. And people would say, "Oh, well, I like the machine. I like," and they would come back and rent more videos because they're enabled to consume the content. The same same thing happened with DVDs. When DVD players came out, they were super expensive. You could go to Blockbusters, rent a DVD, and rent a DVD player if you wanted to. Um, what I think is a good way to uh, augment their streaming strategy is if they had an, a deal with like a Roku in which they can hook Blockbuster streaming onto it and you can rent just the box, the Roku box, and then play with it for – give it like a two-week rental instead of like a three-day rental or a five-day rental. Give a nice two-week, one-month rental or so and say you can stream all the movies you want for two weeks. Uh, for this flat, you know, seven dollars or whatever, and I bet they would hook, they would get people hooked. That would be an interesting idea, but I'm not sure how well that would work against something like a Netflix's model, where you can stream it pretty much on something you already have, whether it's your computer, your Xbox, your PS3, your Wii, whatever. Right. Um, I, I think Netflix would still have the edge there because they don't need the box. You don't. You just have a monthly subscription fee. You don't have to worry about returning any equipment or anything like that. I'm not. I think that would be something to get the. Oh, how, how do I want to put this? The least tech savvy customer, mm-hmm. but with more people understanding streaming media and stuff every day. I don't. At this point, I think that would be just kind of a dying move at this point, just kind of a right. last grasp. Well, it could be the the lowering the barrier of entry. Like it could not only be like a Roku box, you it could be like a an Arcos unit or something. Um, it could be even like um, you know, the Droid X, 
because they have built-in Netflix with Droid X, I believe. Like, what if you if you have the opportunity of spending seven bucks for a Droid X to keep it for two weeks and stream blockbuster movies? I think that's an awesome cross-promotional program that'll benefit both companies. See, I'm not a big fan of renting hardware. I'm kind of a buy it to own kind of guy. It, I mean, it, it, I'm not talking about a permanent rental, but think about it as a, a, a cheap trial. I mean, you could rent it for a couple. You can rent it once, say that you really do like it, and purchase it. And that, that's probably what they want you to do. Yeah. yeah, it would be an interesting idea, but I don't, I don't know how much if they're going to have enough time to do that because right now they've got one. They've got over a billion dollars worth of debt is going to cause them to go into bankruptcy. I think they said the middle of September as to where they're looking to, assuming they can make all the right deals with the movie studios and stuff, close between five to 800 of their unprofitable stores out of yeah. 3,425 stores that still exist. So of course they've closed a thousand stores in the past year as it is. So when you're a billion dollars in debt, I'm not sure you can really afford to make a major move like that. I think this is just kind of a case of them trying to die as slowly as possible. Yeah. You know who should buy them? Who? I think Microsoft should buy them. Mm, I'm not sure that's kind of the... I don't see Microsoft needing to get into the brick-and-mortar business for rentals, especially when they already have the... Zoom marketplace, both on the PC and on the 360. Well, hear me out. So, uh, I agree with you there, but they are opening up Microsoft stores, and they've only opened, what, three now? This would give them an install base all around the country, overnight, uh, and it would be, uh, it's, Blockbuster stores are usually not extremely large, so, um, it's the exact, I mean, it's the great footprint for the size um, so I think it would be a great way to revive the stores. And they're already in urban centers. I think it would work out. I I could see them maybe taking over the leases from Blockbuster and turning them into regular Microsoft stores, but I don't see them getting into the content rental business. Yeah, no, no, no. Not content rental business, but um, definitely. Well, I mean, they kind of already are with uh, Zune. But uh, maybe there's something to that that they could strengthen up some of those uh, relationships through Zoom and maybe deliver more content. I mean, because I know that what was it uh, Warner Brothers? Uh, they did uh, they did they have a streaming agreement with them uh, about allowing them to have streaming content the day that the DVD is released. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but Netflix has to wait 90 days. I mean, they do have relationships that Microsoft could leverage. Yeah, I think. If anybody, I think Apple would be a better fit for them because, I mean, Apple does far more in the content business than Microsoft does with the iPods, the iPad, the um, the possible iTV that could be announced this week, stuff like that, or as well as the Apple TV and stuff. Anyway, I think it would be a lot better fit for them. And I mean, Jobs already owns Disney, so that would kind of make a little bit more sense. Uh, but, I think I think Apple thrives on scarcity, though. They thrive on just having enough stores where people can go to and have the lines out there. Um, I think flooding the market with all those properties 
uh, would actually be anti-Microsoft. I mean, sorry, anti-Apple, as in you can go in and get an iPad when they come out. Well, I don't know about so much as far as like buying them for their brick-and-mortar stores. I'm thinking more about buying what you can for the relationship relationships with the movie studios. True, yeah. Yeah. Well, if they're on an auction block, they could have they can be split so many different ways. So, uh, yeah. But looks like uh, the person who does ha- who who is working out the who, the the content relationships right now is Google. Yeah, I was kind of surprised by this. I mean, I know that since January they've had they've been doing like movie rental or kind of streaming on YouTube for smaller independent movie studios but apparently according to the financial times google's in talk with the major hollywood studios to bring streaming movie rentals to youtube by sometime this at the end of this year so we're talking having it come out be or be able to be streamed on youtube the same time as it gets released which i'm sure that would piss netflix off to no end and for five dollars a video you wouldn't be able to download it. It would just be a pure streaming thing. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I don't know. This doesn't seem like too good of an idea to me. I mean, with Google or with YouTube, that's, in the minds of most people, that's kind of more user-generated content, whether it's you're watching videos that um, the audience has taken from a concert or maybe just stuff that they've created, like vlogs or whatever, I think most people see it more as a place of user-generated content than they do some place that you're going to want to go and watch full two, three-hour-long movies. I think I don't think that YouTube has that kind of mindshare to do something like that. Yeah, unless they roll out another sub-brand like uh, YouTube Premium or YouTube Plus or YouTube... YouTube um, extra special or something like that. <laughs> um, they already have the same thing with like music videos. They have a separate brand. I forget the, what the name of it is, but I don't watch music videos on YouTube. Um, so they've done it before. They've peeled off uh, the section of YouTube and made their own little wall garden there. Um, they could do the same thing with premium content. Um, they could also call it, you know, movies channel or something like that. Um, what we're taught when, so we're talking when 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 they deliver the Google TV, which is something that's rumored. Not shouldn't say rumored. Sorry, something that's confirmed that we don't know exactly when it's coming out. Um, they're going to have to put some sort of organization around the whole YouTube brand and label, and this could be a step in that direction. I think one of the other issues that YouTube's going to have to deal with is when people come to YouTube, they just want to click and play a video. They don't want to spend five bucks to do it. True. Yeah. I think going from a site that's always been free about everything to, hey, pay us $5 and you could get to watch this once, that I think that kind of is really going to screw with a lot of people. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think if the, YouTube was... It, I think it's, it, a, it's a problem and they're, they're going to have to solve it. Yeah, I think if Google was smart, they would have a completely separate brand from YouTube and they would do everything on its own there and and, com- and keep it completely separated from YouTube. I mean, maybe make YouTube a place where you can get like movie trailers with a link that says, hey, if you want to rent this movie and watch it, head over here to our 
premium content site. Yeah, they already have Google Video. They mm-hmm. have that, so maybe they can just re-roll it out with this kind of content. Well, I keep hearing rumors that they're slowly killing off Google Video. I don't well, know they, when that will happen, but I, I keep hearing stories every so often that say that they're killing it off, and they and they seem to put less and less focus on it. Yeah, they they've 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 kind of like diminished it, uh, but. Uh, I think they changed it to like a video search engine instead, um, where most of it goes to YouTube. Yeah, but uh, as I said, they have the name. They could just relaunch it. People have forgotten about it, so they can just come out with it again. Yeah, just call it Google Movies or something. Even better. Yeah. It, I'm kind of curious to see just what happens. If anything, I would say that this isn't so much for YouTube as it is um, Google's the Google TV or whatever it's called. Yeah, or it could be another thing that's going to be built into Android that they just want to have this be secured on uh, a lot of mobile platforms, especially with them uh, you know, looking to go onto tablets later. Um, they could be working towards their own uh, personal media device. Uh, as long as Android's on phones, I don't see people considering spending five bucks to put movies on their phones. I mean, one, that's a huge battery suck, which if you've got a, a, an Android phone like mine where the battery is horrible, then watching a full-length movie on your phone isn't really an option. And I don't know anybody who would pay five bucks to watch it on a device as small as their phone. I, I know people that would pirate it to put it on their phone. You're, um, I would be included in that. Not that I have done that, but that would would be the direction that I would head. Or I would pay $5 to watch the downscaled version of a movie that who knows if I'm going to like it. Yeah, but also keep in mind, I mean, we're going to have, you know, know, constant internet connections on cars. Um, We're going to have Android on motor devices than just phones. Uh, As I said, it could be uh, PMPs, tablets. Um, It could be built into televisions. Um, and, and, or that uh, same with like app uh, Google TV they could be built into television too but um, it could be on uh, built into computers I mean as a dual boot or as a standalone picture frame I mean there's so many possibilities um, so uh, I digress Yeah, we'll have to see how this plays out but speaking of how things are playing out in the search engine market, Bing now officially powers Yahoo Search. Or yes. at least um, in the English-only speaking parts of the U.S. and Canada. Yes. Yes, it's a slow rollout. Apparently they're, uh, it's a phased rollout. They're doing it very slowly. Um, but uh, I haven't checked this out. But they said if you go to, if you go to Yahoo, type in a search, and you can see that the results are going to be loaded from... From Microsoft, Microsoft's being. Yeah, so for those that, um, and I know I have explained this a couple of, of weeks ago, but I know there's been some more interest over the past week about our whole situation with being banned from search engines like Google and Bing. And actually, we weren't banned by Yahoo, which is kind of nice. Now that Yahoo, pow- or now that Bing powers Yahoo, we are banned on there as well. But when, as soon as this story hit, I went 
that was the first thing I went and checked is if I Google global or if I search on Yahoo Global Geek News, what comes up? Does the homepage come up? Nope, not anymore now that it's powered on Bing. But anyway, as far as the whole uh, us being banned thing, just to give for those that haven't heard the whole story, I was been trying some different ways of getting the Global Geek News name out there, primarily via Twitter, where I was essentially putting a signature on each tweet from the Global Geek News Twitter account that would be essentially just a link to globalgeeknews.com. Well, apparently, all of the search engines, Google, Bing, etc., all decided, well, we can't have that. That must be spam. So we're kind of banned from the various search engines, and I've submitted an appeal. Google said it would take them weeks to get to it. So... If you Google us, you can you can still find us. It'll take you to like episode seventy four or something like that, and maybe some posts. It just won't take you to the homepage. You just kind of have to get there on your own. But and that said, I'm thinking. Well, I was doing. We're doing a whole lot better traffic wise when I was doing that on Twitter than I ever got with search engines. So I'm starting to think maybe I, that should be the way I go. Way I should go and say the heck with the search engines, considering the fact that I, if you search us, you can still find us anyway. But, yeah, Google, or Bing now powers Yahoo. I'm not big, I'm not very happy. Yeah, um, hopefully this will shake up. I mean, a lot of search engines tweak their algorithm often, so... Uh, maybe this will just shake out as as just a a, a glitch that gets fixed. Um, but it is sad that uh, the site is ba- is banned. Um, but since you're not seeing any negative impact to it, as in site traffic's not going down, uh, it, I don't know if this is a sign that I don't want to say search engines are irrelevant. Uh, maybe it's more of uh, our audience aren't looking for us using those methods. Yeah, I never... Whenever I look at the stats for the traffic that we get when it comes to search engine stuff, usually it's not people like looking for the show. It's usually something that I've blogged about, like maybe the whole Amazon experience with them and the state of Colorado and the whole affiliate sales um debacle and everything else or like if I go on Yahoo right now and search Global Geek News the first thing that comes up is when the uh, when our online store launched then one of our Windows 7 giveaways and down from there of course you get like the Facebook page and where you can find the podcast on Zoom stuff like that I okay not iTunes that's the Tech Conclave people that stole our name for their tagline. Anyway, um, that's a whole nother discussion. Mm-hmm. But, and I just lost my train of thought. What was it I was trying to say? Uh, search engine sucks. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's not like you, um, whenever people were looking for us, it was generally about something that I wrote. Yeah. It was never anything right. It's for spe- the tif- specific content that they're searching for. Yeah, and a lot of times it wasn't necessarily what they were searching for. It was just that we happened to pop up in the search rankings because there was a particular 
phrase or whatever that they were searching for, and I just happened to have used that phrase, and it happened to be ranked near the top, so that's what they clicked on. It, it usually wasn't too much of an issue where they were specifically searching for us, so... And I'm not a big fan of how search engines do thing. I think that do things. I think that there's a lot of improvements that could be made, and that's assuming that they're still relevant. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're still in iTunes. We're 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 still in Zune Marketplace, and I think that's that's where the 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 best insertion point is for people to find our content. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of which, last I knew, Zune was still the number one place that people downloaded the show from. I Actually, I think it's the webpage first, then Zune, then iTunes, I believe. I'd have to check that out. I haven't looked in a couple of weeks, but that's normally how where our audience comes from. So I'm guessing we must have a lot of Microsoft lovers, which right. that might not be the case after our next story. Right, which is talking about the price hike of uh, the Xbox Live um, Gold subscription, which is, if my math is right, we're talking about a 20% price hike. Yeah, essentially, if you're looking at a month-to-month subscription, it's going from $8 a month to $10 a month. If you're looking at three-month subscription, it's $20 a month to 25 Or if you have the one-year subscription... Starting November 1st, it's going to go from $50 a year to $60 a year. Of course, there's, and, and of course, depending on what country you're in, that's going to vary a little bit for like the UK and Canada and stuff like that. So, if you're if you live in either of those places and you're curious to know what your new prices are going to be, make sure to check out the link in the show notes. But they don't really give much in the way of any justification for the increase. They're just saying, well, since the Xbox 360 launched, there's been a considerable amount of new value that's been added, so it justifies the extra um, the price hike. Oh, right. But uh, I don't really... That argument doesn't seem to hold a whole lot of water, I don't think. I think the, the actual reason is because they can. Uh, I think they won't... I think they'll get more people staying with the service and paying the 60 bucks rather than refusing to uh, pay the price hike um, and leave the service. So economically, it makes sense because the rate of attrition uh, would be less than the rate of adoption. Uh, also, I think um, that uh, we, we had an article, I mean, we talked about a, a news snippet the, about a month ago about how they're actually making money uh, in the division. So I think there might be... A, a, more pressure from the higher ups to uh, gain more revenue, since they are getting most of it from from subscriptions and, co- and purchase content. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure um, what the number of subscribers is. I think that it's around 30 million somewhere in that neighborhood. So essentially, they're increasing their revenue by 300 million dollars overnight. So that's not too bad, but at the same time, everybody kind of gets screwed because of it. I mean, they're saying that. Yeah, the value is supposedly so much greater than what it used to be. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I necessarily see that argument. I mean, I, yeah, you've got Netflix now, but that's only for people that are Netflix subscribers, so it's not like you get it if you're not one. So that kind of is built into the cost of my Netflix subscription. Mm-hmm. Um, 
well, you've got this, the Zune Marketplace store instead of the old video store or whatever, which I'm not sure if that's still on there or not. I haven't really looked. It's like, okay, we had, con- we had like, movie and TV show content before. There's no difference there. And I'm paying for that content when I want it. Right. And so, they got rid of 1 versus 100. Yeah, and you got rid of one of the most popular features or one of the most popular games on the console. Uh, so, I mean, I'm really not seeing this increase in value. I mean, the rumor has it that, or I don't, I don't know if it's actually been confirmed or if it's just rumor, but supposedly in the fall Xbox update, which I think comes in November or whatever, they're saying that it's going to increase the audio quality. It's like, okay, that's nice, but yeah. I really don't want to pay an extra 10 bucks a month to hear some 10-year-old scream at me in a clearer sound. Well, I think also that what they're doing is prepping for... Um, the connects, uh, the Xbox Connect, um, with so I think they're gonna th- see a surge of user adoption and Xbox purchases, and so I think that's they want these new people signing on uh, to pay the higher rate because they I think they're probably gonna get a bump, uh, and so if they raise that price early enough, they'll get uh, all the influx of cash with those new users. Yeah, because these changes go into effect November 1st, and I believe the um, Connect launches like on November 9th or 14th, something something around that particular time period. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. My advice for everybody, and I'll get to the whole Connect thing in a moment just because I had my first Connect experience on Friday, but my advice for everybody is to... Go now and buy those one-year subscription cards. You can usually get them at like Amazon for like forty bucks or something like that. Go, or at least when they're on sale or whatever. Actually, let me right. check. There's a yeah. link in the article about it. So if they if the, if you click through the show notes and read the article, uh, there's a link. Yeah, if you go to like Amazon and right now, oh, twelve months. Subscription. If you get one of their little cards, is forty five bucks. If it, if it was me, I would go and buy like three or four years worth of cards. So like three or four cards, and you're saving yourself fifteen bucks a year. Yeah, there's a. So the link in the article goes to an actual Xbox uh, link. Uh, what's called uh, the name of the site is called Price Lock, mm-hmm. where you get thirty percent off gold or the new gold price, what it will be. And it's, uh, so it's 40 bucks, uh, 39.99. So you can buy a couple cards that way too. Yeah, and that's what I would recommend doing is just stocking up on cards for three or four years or whatever, or however long you think it'll be before Microsoft comes out with a new console, and just doing it that way. Right, but, or, say, or buying a few cards and then selling them for 50 bucks. Yeah, there's another idea. Just buy as many cards as you can, turn around and sell them on eBay and see if you can make a profit off of them. Never know. Could work. But anyway, speaking... (coughs) Excuse me. Still a little sick. Uh, Speaking of Kinect, I got to have my first Kinect experience on Friday. And I can't say I'm horribly impressed. I didn't get to really try out a lot of the features. I didn't get to try, like navigating the dashboard with my voice or anything like that like I really wanted to do. Essentially, I have to play the Connect Adventures 
game, which is the game that they've showed off, I guess, I think it's been the past two years at E3, where you basically have like a bunch of dodgeballs coming at you and you have to bounce them back to hit them off of targets and whatever. And I actually have, uh, I'll put the link in the show notes and I'm sure I'll probably tweet it out now that I actually have a permalink that'll take you to a page where you can actually watch me using the Connect, And essentially, um, for those that haven't had a chance to use the Kinect, um, what they're doing right now, you can play the Connect in the four Microsoft stores, which are in Lone Tree, Colorado, Scottsdale, Arizona, San Diego, and Mission Viejo. But the, right now they're doing a tour around the country sh- showing off the Connect, and they're here at the State Fair, and they have like these um, little trailers set up where it's basically they kind of have like their own little living room built up in there where you get to play with Connect. And I can't say my first impression of it was very good. The people that went in before me with this game, it basically has a little zipper on the screen where you're supposed to use your hand to move the zipper over to unlock it and start the game. Well, the people before me, they seem to be having a horrible time getting that to work. For me, it worked just fine. But from what the one of the employees that was demonstrating it was telling me is that if there's gets to be like too much movement, they it tends to kind of overwhelm the connect and it doesn't register things right and they were moving too much so it's causing problems. So there's definitely some technical issues mm-hmm. there. And when I was playing it, I could definitely tell there was like a third to almost a half a second lag sometimes between what I was doing and when it would register in the game. Did they say anything about whether or not this was the final version or is it still under development? Uh, as far as I know, this is the final version from what they were saying. That mm-hmm. said, the people there didn't seem to really know anything other than the marketing speak to basically speak to the average person. Uh, as far as the technical details of the Connect, I could talk circles around all the people that they had working there and did um but they were because they didn't even know the technical limitations of it until they kind of started to play with it and see what the issues are and from what they told me is after you play it a couple of times you, you adapt and don't notice the lag but to me having a third of a second to a half second lag is kind of like game over for somebody like me who if I do something, I want an instant response like I get with a keyboard and mouse. I don't want to do something and have it react a half second later. So, yeah, I didn't have the best of experiences with it. Um, of course, like I said, I'll uh, put the link in the show notes and I'll probably tweet it out so you can you guys can actually see me um, waving my arms and legs around looking like an idiot. All right. Which is essentially the purpose of the de- of this device is so that you can look like an idiot in front of all the all your friends and family, but yeah, I, I I maintain that this would be much better off outside of the gaming world. I'd I'd prefer to see it. I can think of all kinds of business cases for it, and I would much rather not see it in the gaming world. Yeah, that, the the going back to the video of looking like an idiot. That's kind of because of the way they film you. They they don't include the television. They don't show you the context in which you're swinging your arms and legs, which I think is is something that uh, makes it seem a little bit odder in the video. 
Yeah, they've got a couple of different games that they were um, playing there. The one that I did, of course, was the one that they showed at E3. I didn't really get a chance to take a peek at the other one, but I think it was supposed to be kind of like the that river rafting type game that they showed off at E3 this year. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I think yeah. that's what that was supposed to be, but I didn't get a chance to give that one a try because I was running late for a concert. Right. But, yeah, I'm not too impressed, but if somebody would like to give me a connect so I can spend some more time with it and have a more informed opinion, by all means, send me one. But as of right now, I don't see myself spending $150 on it. As much as I'd like to use voice commands to navigate the dashboard, I'd much rather save $150 and just use my controller. So you're sticking with your PS3? That too. Although, with my PS3, I still can't connect to um, the PlayStation Network, so, yeah. But speaking of the PlayStation 3 and the PlayStation Network, um, for those that have been paying, I don't know if if I had mentioned anything before, I'm sure I mentioned it at least on my Twitter, that there was a mod chip that came out for the PS3 a couple of weeks ago where it wasn't so much a mod chip as something you plugged into your USB drive and it would allow you to back up your games, play the backups of games and stuff like that. Well, apparently this is something that's easily detectable by Sony, and if they've detected, if you're, if they detect that you're using it, like if you're online when you're using it or whatever, they will ban you from the P- the PlayStation Network. Yeah, I think we talked about how Xbox had Halo Reach and you would get permabanned if you played it. Um, I think cause this is a similar story that um, PS3, if they detect that you you're using this uh, modded console, uh, you'll get an error of. Uh, 800 uh, 2A 227 and then you will also be permabanned so um, this also raises a red flag with buying used consoles uh, on eBay or Craigslist that you have no way of telling whether or not they're banned from the PSN yeah that's why I've never purchased any used consoles off eBay or anything like that because um, as far as I know Microsoft still has, has essentially the same kind of policy as to where I know a number of people, number of people, especially with the older Xbox 360s, they used to have really noisy DVD drives. So a lot of people would go and swap those out for another drive. Well, when Microsoft detected them, usually after a firmware update or whatever, they would ban the system from Xbox Live so that no matter what you do it can never get back on Xbox Live. Yeah, because one of the exploits was using I think uh, the firmware on the drive to actually crack it too. At least the early exploits on the Xbox 360. But it looks like uh, you know Sony's taking the same hard stance and uh, it's going to be de facto allowed I guess but uh, it's kind of like um, it's kind of like jailbreaking your phone. Can can AT and T tell you you can't use their network because you jailbroke your phone? I mean, you own the phone. Uh, you pay for the service. In, in this case, it comes free with the with the the PS3. But with uh, talking about like Xbox, um, it it seems kind of unfair since it's yeah. permanent, especially. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the whole policy. I mean, I can understand it as far as like blocking pirated games as somebody who has pirated games for the PSP, but if 
for something like this where it's like, okay, you've done something like this just so you can back up something that you've legitimately purchased, I think that to say that you're banned from the network is going a bit too far. Yeah. And, of course, mistakes probably can't happen. Uh, there could be an issue in which they can get some false positives and people get banned for no reason or they know of no reason. Um, and Sony is notorious for doing things wrong. Sorry. Um, uh, but we'll see whether or not this has some wholly um, bad uh, consequences that they haven't, uh, haven't discovered yet. I don't think it's really going to be that big of an issue just because I also saw last week that I guess I think that these um, USB mod chip things were coming out of I think Australia and they were able to get an injunction right away and were able to take control over the entire stock of the mod chips. So with the exception of maybe some... That's pending the outcome of the trial. So they have an embargo on them but they still could be released later on. Yeah, and I'm sure there's probably some that have been leaked out there already or that were sold before they got that out there. But I I think by them taking that step as soon as they did, I think that's going to make this problem or make it not as big of an issue. Yeah, but it only takes one pissed off customer with a Twitter account to make the news. Yeah, I'm still waiting to see what the results are going to come of the class action lawsuit of the whole Linux thing. That's part of why I haven't make, made the upgrade in firmware is if that lawsuit, if they win and there's a chance that I could get some money, why not, you know? Yeah, most well. likely you'll get a coupon. <laughs> yeah, probably the coupon for a free movie rental off of the PlayStation Network or something like that. But I mean, it's better than nothing. Yeah, true. But anyway, um, speaking of killing things, AMD has decided to kill the ATI brand. This makes me very, very sad. Yes. So um, I have a little bit of insight into this, but um, this article states that um, some users were confused uh, by this. Um, and uh, this is a way of unifying the two brands into under the AMD umbrella. Yeah, I don't know of anybody that was confused by this. From what other information that I know of, since full disclosure, I do work for AMD, um, the information that I heard is that, uh, marketing-wise anyway, some people didn't know that AMD bought ATI. Uh, and this is a way of getting some brand equity from ATI and transferring that over to AMD, um, because and and also raising the awareness and uh, with the winning the mind share of diehard ATI fans by killing the brand <laughs> can can actually get some goodwill for AMD and also this um, is in preparation of the Fusion APUs that will be released later on. Yeah, I know there, I've heard rumors of the new GPUs coming out in the uh, November time frame. I think I've heard as early as October, but most of, most of the rumors I hear are in November. But I don't know, whenever, when AMD bought ATI, 
I always thought it was kind of stupid to throw AMD in front of ATI. This is a store. It was AMD, ATI, Radeon, whatever. Everybody knew the ATI name. Just leave AMD off of it and just go with the whole ATI Radeon line. I mean, yeah, you may own the company, but leave it as to where the public doesn't see any difference. Make it as to where everything is the same as it's always been. That that would have been the smart move. Yeah, uh, for a while they did do that. Um, and they're trying to do this unification strategy in which it's seen as one AMD instead of two separate companies with different ways of doing things. Um, some ways it, it is actually better, as in uh, for a marketing strategy, they can uh, do some leverage the co-branding. Um, but um, ATI is, is, is a name that people know and trust, especially when, when you're talking about graphics, and especially when we're talking about portable graphics. Um, and also, uh, there's a lot of ATI-branded um, <laughs> branded cards that ship with Intel computers. So that's why, they're um, for those, they're going to just call them, uh, they're going to go with the Radeon name instead of the AMD Radeon name. Yeah, I don't, I don't like this, but uh, that's just me. As yeah, let's not talk about marketing decisions regarding to AMD. I, we can, if you don't like this, there's a lot more more examples I can give you. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm, I'm I'm sure. But as an a, as a AMD ATI Radeon fifty nine seventy owner, this just plain irritates me. Speaking of which, I'm not a big fan of the new graphics drivers that just came out either. They seem to be causing me some issues in Battlefield Bad Company 2. The Seems A10 like, drivers? Yeah, the, on, the only drivers that seem to be halfway decent for me are the, what is it, the, um, ah, let me let me bring up the Catalyst Control Center here and look. I think it's the 10.5. Uh, yeah, the really? 10, yeah, the 10.5 worked flawlessly for me. Everything newer than that is screws up in one way or the other with a 10.8 which I'm running right now every so often the whole screen just goes black other than maybe like HUD information but all right. let all me share with you a little secret <laughs> yeah sure uh, this is an inside secret so those who are listening uh, you might want to take note um, most of the testing done with the drivers are done from clean systems none of them are dirty systems or upgrade paths so if you run into problems, the best thing to do is to uninstall the driver, manually clean up anything that's left over, and then installing again. Uh, most people, when new drivers come up, they install it on top of the old drivers, uh, which is, I'm not going to say it's unsupported, but it's untested uh, some of the time. So uh, if you want to make sure, if you're having any problems, the best thing to do is uninstall, clean up, reinstall. Yeah, when I... Originally went to like 10.6, 10.7. I was having these issues, and now 10.8 are has having them. But with 10.6, or actually, I didn't even run 10.7. Now that I think about it, but with 10.6, when I started having issues, I just went back to 10.5, skipped over 10.7 entirely, and went to 10.8 over the weekend. And now the issues are the intermittent issues seem to be back. So I don't know if I'll go through and do a clean install or if I'm going to um, go back 
to 10.5. I think I may go back to 10.5 just because they seem to be awesome drivers. Yeah. Uh, they're good, but you have one of the newer cards, and usually uh, the newer drivers work better on the newer cards, but they also do do some uh, extreme uh, tweaking, especially on the newer cards, and usually a lot of the, the bug fixes are geared towards those. So if 10.5 seems to be... Uh, seems to be uh, handling what you need to do, um, then that's fine. But uh, you should you, you should keep trying them as new drivers come out. Yeah, that, that was kind of the reason I went to 10.8 is because I wanted to try it and see what changed, see if, there was, if I would get any performance increase, stuff like that. But I don't, I don't know. I'm kind of curious to know if any of our listeners have are having any of the same issues. I have a major doubt that any of the our listeners have the same video card that I do just because I was crazy enough to spend 750 bucks on a video card. But um, I, I am kind of curious to know if any of our listeners happen to be having similar issues or if they've had them and found ways around them. Yeah, please share. Help the community. Yeah. But anyway, next story, since we are... How are we doing on time? I think we're... Uh, I think we've got like eight minutes left, something like that. So we got three stories to go. So apparently Philadelphia is requiring bloggers to pay $300 for a business license, and that's just a start. Right. Regardless of how much you made or how long it took you to make it, uh, you make a penny over the Internet, and you got to pay $300 for that <coughs> penny. Um, plus you have to pay um, tax rate on the money you got and some other penalties. So... Um, apparently a lot of bloggers are seeing uh, the special note come in the mail saying you owe us money. Yes. See, if I lived in Philadelphia, this would be a reason for me to move. I mean, I've taken all the AdSense off Global Geek News and stuff. Anyway, I still have run it on my other sites. I make nothing. But, yeah, if you make anything at all, so much, even so much as a penny, you have to pay a $300 business privilege license. Then you have to pay wage tax then a business privilege tax, and then net uh, net profits tax. So in the end, you're going to end up probably pretty deep in the hole unless you have a really popular blog that you're making like a thousand bucks a month off of. Yeah, this is, I don't, I'm not going to say overreach, but uh, government needs the money. And so this might be a way they can say, hey, we know people who blog sometimes make money off ads, and this is a way we can uh, get extra revenue in. Um, but I think blanketed, non-targeted uh, letters to people that they find that say, we, fi- we know that you made money, pay us. Um, I-, I think this is a little extreme. See, this is when you want to kind of protect yourself. You want to host your blog somewhere outside of Philadelphia or whatever. You don't want to use a Philadelphia-based hosting company because that would probably be kind of easy to track you down. Then when you register the domain, you don't want to... You want to use probably one of the... Either give it a whole bunch of false information, which I'm not sure if that's necessarily legal, or you can use one of those um, uh, privacy services. I know a lot of um, domain registers have those. I think GoDaddy has them. The host monster that we use has them. Or you can pay X month, X amount per year, and your who is information will be completely anonymous. It'll just say 
the name of the hosting company or whoever the company is that you registered the domain through and none of your personal information. And then I would say maybe use like a Tor network or a VPN or something like that to log into your site. Just make it really hard for them to track you down. Right. And also it makes it a little hard for you to to do it, though. So it's not for the, the novice. Um, you got to be pretty hardcore if you want to try to avoid this this use tax. Yeah, it, three hundred dollars is crazy. I mean, three hundred dollars for a a blog just because you're running AdSense on it is nuts. Yeah, or if you're doing some freelance work here and there. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing that gets me is there's say at the end of the article they say that there's some Sean Barry that has eleven dollars in profit over two years. I'm kind of curious to know how he made the $11 in profits, because if you're using Google AdSense, they don't pay you until you get at least $100. So, Well, there could be a pay-to-blog. I mean, some people say, yeah. hey, you, you get $0.50 cents every blog. Like, you know, I think Mahalo does that, right? Um, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure the way they're doing it now. For Mahalo um, Answers, I mean, specifically. Yeah, for Mahalo Answers, you can give people tips based on their questions and whatever. I know when it used to be the older Mahalo, and I'm not sure how much of that's still around, that you could control a page and you would make whatever money from AdSense you could off of that page, just because you're the one that's maintaining it. So, yeah, there, there's certainly a lot of ways to go about making money, but, I don't know, nothing to justify spending $300 on a business license plus all these other taxes and fees. Yeah. Yeah, so it still could be PayPal donations or something like that, too, like you said. Yeah. Anonymous PayPal donations. That's the way to go. <laughs> uh, all right. But, so uh, do you want to move to the next story? Yeah. Speaking of governments that overstep their reach... Apparently, a court has reaffirmed that the Fourth Amendment rights are not violated if a if a police installs GPS on your car if your while your car is not in the garage. So if it's just parked out in the driveway, if it's sitting on the street or whatever, they can install a GPS device on your car, and that's a okay. Yeah, apparently this is a case of a suspected marijuana grower. Uh, they wanted to know where his stash was, where he was growing uh, his marijuana plants. So they put a GPS tracker on his vehicle so they could monitor where he went. Uh, apparently they did find the marijuana, and uh, they used this tracking as evidence. Um, and they said, and, he, and the defendant said, I think that should be thrown out in the court, but the, the, apparently it was up, upheld. Uh, I actually kind of agree with him um, because it was without his knowing, and apparently he did go. I mean, he eventually went home, so it was he was being tracked at home, uh, and he was being tracked at other people's property. Um, if this stayed on his car, um, let me hear what you think about this, and then I'll weigh in of my example why this is wrong. It seems to me like this should be breaking some kind of a wiretapping law. Because from my understanding is they don't need to have a warrant or anything. They can just stick a GPS device on your car and watch you wherever you go. Yeah, this was actually, the defense was trying to use that this was a Fourth Amendment uh, right that they're violating, which is the unreasonable search and seizure. 
Well, apparently five of the judges on this appeals court said that it did violate the Fourth Amendment. So I've got a feeling that this is probably going to go to the Supreme Court, and I'm kind of curious to see how they come down on it. Yeah, let me give the example of uh, why. Because there's, there's, I don't think there's even a note saying that they got a court order uh, to allow them to do this. That that would be at least something that it would make me feel better about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but without its court order, what if they did this to every public car? I mean, any uh, car that they found in public. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they see you at a parking meter, they track you, track you, track you. Uh, you're in the garage, they track you. You're downtown, at a, downtown in front of a club, they track you. You're in the wrong part of town parked, they track you. This, they could go track every car that they want that they suspect could be doing something wrong. Or even for something like, I don't know, something kind of benign like uh, a traffic flow uh, study. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, without, but without uh, notifying you. I mean, how is that right that they could track whatever car that they want without a court or- order? Oh, it's not. And you'd probably have even better luck if they were to track your cell phone signal. I mean, wherever your cell phone signal goes, your car is probably going to be there anyway, and you're going to get a, a more accurate idea of kind of where a person is going. Like, say I went and parked my car at the mall, they may be able to get a better idea of what part of the mall I was in, stuff like that. Well, so, it all depends, as long as you're not on IDEN. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my IDEN network sucks. But, um, yeah, I think there's probably better ways to do this, but this just doesn't seem right that they can go through and do this without any kind of a warrant or anything like that. I mean, I don't necessarily mind if people track me. I mean, I just started using Foursquare over the weekend. Yeah, but, I saw that. Yeah, but doing it without my knowledge kind of irritates me a little bit. Speaking of which, um, in the Tips of the Week post last week, and I don't necessarily endorse this, this is illegal, but I did post a tip for jamming GPS signals like this particular case where if you think the ear car has been is being tracked by the government or whatever, they have these little cigarette lighter GPS jamming devices that you just plug in and it jams their GPS device. At the same right. time, if you have a GPS device that you use, that kind of makes it useless too. But I guess that all just depends on what your priorities are. But again, I believe that kind of thing is illegal, and I think it... Um, it kind of falls under the domain of um, blocking cell phone signals, which is also right. illegal. But you have options. I'll just so say if that. you so if you steal a car that uses OnStar, you should get this gadget doohickey thing. Yes, <laughs> yes, definitely do that. But anyway, that that's just kind of my thoughts on it. All right, so uh, the last article. I'm sorry, that looks like a. Uh, I was gonna say last article. Fan. I think that was the la- the last article, wasn't it? No, yeah. the last one is oh, U.S. Shoot. government slaps flack for fake iTunes game reviews. Okay, I didn't open this tab. Apparently, there's a um, marketing company that uh, called Reverb Communications. I guess they're a PR firm. That I guess one of their clients happened to be, or. They specialize in people making apps and stuff like that. 
Well, I guess some of their employees supposedly on their own went to one of their clients' apps and said things like, amazing new game, one of the best. Right. They do it um, again. <laughs> yeah, the developer hits another home run, really cool game, great family-friendly board game app, that kind of stuff, just as some examples. Apparently the FCC or the FTC saw that, said that's a big no-no. You can't do that without some kind of a disclosure or whatever when you have some sort of a financial ties between um, yourself and whatever it is that you're reviewing, which I think they probably could have gotten away with this had they done more than like three and four word reviews. If they'd given it like a great big actual review, they probably could have gotten away with it. But when you have a whole bunch of stupid little things like amazing new game and one of the best five stars. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's going to kind of make it a little bit more obvious. Yeah, this is a stupid move, and it seems as though um, if they went on their own, that just means that the company didn't have a policy of restricting their employees from doing stuff like this, which they should. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the 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 reason why that they settled with the FTC is because uh, it was indeed a settlement for no fine, and since it is a settlement, no new laws were created, uh, which actually bothers me. I wish there there was some sort of formal... Uh, ruling against them, even a fine of a dollar, just so they can say that they they did do something wrong. Um, but th- this is unacceptable. As as people read reviews as a uh, a barometer of how good an application is, this reviews are something um, that shouldn't be tainted, and uh, we shouldn't allow people to to try to game the system. And if those if you're caught, then you should be prosecuted. Yeah, I'm not sure I necessarily can't decide if I necessarily I don't think I buy the idea of oh our employees just kind of did this on their own I mean if this was some like real big app like Angry Birds or something like that I could see it but I don't know does it even mention what the app is? No they've been censored of the app and the developer of who they're representing yeah so if you're not even going to say that much it makes me kind of wonder it's like yeah that's probably a case of they were told to do it, so having no fine seems to be kind of stupid to me. I think they probably should have had some kind of a fine, just because if you don't have some kind of a fine and other people do this, they're going to, and they get caught by the FTC, they're going to say, well, you didn't fine them for this. Exactly. So I think it just kind of sets a bad precedent, and I don't know, I, I don't think the FTC is doing what they need to do here. Yeah, this company also is just very sloppy to get caught like this. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to do something like this, at least make it as to where it's not so obvious. Yeah, come on, please. I mean, you can you know there's going to be a number of trolls and stuff that are going to put like three-word reviews, but to put a, a whole bunch like this, give it a good rating, that's kind of raises a bit of a red flag. Yeah, isn't that like PR 101 that you have to be a decent copywriter? I mean, come on. Get some good copy on those reviews. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, give honest reviews. I mean, most anywhere that anymore that I see reviews, whether it's like something like a Newegg or whatever, they have sections that say pros, cons, and other notes. Mm -hmm. That's something that Apple and all these kind of app stores need as to... There, it makes kind of stuff like this even 
it helps prevent stuff like this, and at the same time, it makes it a little a little bit more obvious if you see everybody put, putting all pros, no cons, that kind of thing. But I think they could have covered their tracks a whole lot better if they said, "Here are the pros, here are the cons, here are some other things that you should know." Yeah. Then those the pros would be the pro is this game rocks hard. The mm-hmm. cons is it makes all other games seem like seem less fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So don't do. Any business with reverb communications, they're not an honest PR firm. Yeah, especially the response to this doesn't mm-hmm. seem like uh, they, they, they're saying no new policies are being made internally to prevent stuff like this from happening in the future. Yeah. Well, anyway, that would be episode 79, our birthday show, starting with our fourth year. Um, for those that want to celebrate with us, you're more than welcome to. You can do a donation. You can either sign up for the $5 a month plan. You can make a one-time donation at the um, donations link at the top of the page, globalgeeknews.com slash donations, I believe. Or better yet, go and buy something out of the Global Geek News store, which is, of course, linked to at the top of the page as well. You can buy T-shirts. You can buy coffee mugs. You can buy bumper stickers. I I think there's like gym bags or purses or something in there. There's all kinds of stuff in there. If you really want to help us out, go buy some go buy some of that. Buy some t-shirts or something, wear them around town. Help just help spread the word about the show. Um, I don't know if <coughs> excuse me. Judging by our numbers, y'all didn't do your homework last for the last <laughs> show of evangelizing the show to at least five people, so you're getting that homework assignment again this week. So I don't care who you tell, friends, family, grocery store clerks, the paper boy, whoever, just tell at least five people you know or run into or whatever about the show within the next week. Help us grow. Make our make this next year the best year yet. So anyway, don't forget you can check out all the show notes at globalgeeknews.com. And for those that want to provide feedback, you can also you can do so in the comments or you can shoot me an email. Um, globalgeeknews at gmail.com or you can of course send something less than 140 characters along to at globalgeeknews on twitter or to me I am at pcnerd37 on twitter or if you have anything to say to Wesley you can get a hold of him at wesley83 on twitter and don't forget you can also check out Wesley's blog which is what's the URL for that? it's wesleyfaulkner.com oh you finally got the domain cool yeah, if you link it's it's linked through my Twitter uh, bio. So if you find me on Twitter, Wesley83, just look at my bio and you can click through there. Yeah, I want JeremyBray.com, but some real estate agent has that and has it forwarded to some real estate company page. Really annoying. <laughs> but um, you can also find me at PCNerd37.com. I don't do too much there, but I'm starting to do a little bit more there. Um, anyway, that would be it for this week. Don't forget to check out our show next week. I'm not sure what we're going to do in terms of guests and stuff. We were supposed to have guests on this show, but everything kind of just fell apart. And so it was just us. But for a fourth birthday show, it's not bad. But anyway, I guess that's it, unless there's anything you'd like to add. No, see you next week. Okie doke. We will see you guys next week. Don't forget to check out globalgeeknews.com. Later. Later.